Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Joe Tillery. I hope you're doing well as we just witnessed a great game from Kansas State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, a game that ended with a giant mascot being whatever adjective you want to use to describe the man getting toasted. That's what happened. The man jumped in the toaster, held up the sign on the way down and went down with his ship. There was a lot of different Pop-Tart references. The dudes in the booth were joking about it the whole time. It was a Pop-Tart show out for the bowl. But what a game from the boys. Kansas State gets it done 28-19 against the NC State Wolfpack. And we're going to talk about all my reflections from the game. Everything I thought about Avery Johnson, what the offensive coordinator position looks like, what the future of K-State recruiting looks like. We've got a lot to discuss in today's episode, and I am so grateful to do it. The only downside is this. we got a lot of time without football to deal with. And my friends, we are officially in purgatory for the next couple of months. But nevertheless, we are here. And we're going to discuss everything I thought about the 2023 Pop-Tarts Bowl versus NC State, starting off with Mr. Avery Johnson. Quick reminder here to subscribe to the pod. If you're interested, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. It helps us out immensely. It helps us get the algorithm right. And we'll hook you up with some swag of your own. Hit us with a five-star review and send a screenshot over to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Send it his way and we'll send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie to keep your beers cold or even keep your Pop-Tarts cold. Whatever you need to do with that. Although I got to tell you, I don't know that I've ever actually toasted a Pop-Tart. We had that conversation at the party yesterday. I've always just had them. You know, I was going to say raw, raw dog the Pop-Tarts, I guess. That's what's, uh, that's what's been going on in my world. But maybe uh, maybe I'm the odd one out. So I'm going to toast some Pop-Tarts this weekend in honor of the bull win. Let's take a look at the box score here from the game. NC State. Solid, but realistically, they looked like the outmatched team. They really did. I know that their quarterback had a big day, but outside of their quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, there wasn't really anyone that, like, was that scary of a player, I think. I mean, I mean, you know, Casey Concepcion, obviously, there's a there's a definite threat with that, but but I don't know if there's anyone that I looked at the box score and said, oh, this guy, we got to watch out for this guy. Didn't really come out that way. So, in the game, you held him 19 points, no turnovers for K-State. That's a good day. I know people are going to be critical of Avery Johnson because of his stat line with 14 of 31 for 178 and two scores, which kind of ridiculous to say that it's, you know, we're capable of being critical for a guy that doesn't turn the football over and accounts for three total touchdowns on the day. But that's the way the sports media works. K-State fans won't be critical. The outside noise will be critical. That's all I'm going to say. That being said, that football is coming out of his hand hot. I mean, that thing is spiraling. There's a zip on the ball that I haven't seen in Manhattan for years. This dude is one of the most naturally gifted throwers of the football we've ever seen. Now, Will Howard was a great thrower. There's a lot of dudes in, in K-State history that can throw the ball well and deliver things on time. Avery Johnson has that Mahomes zip, that Josh Allen zip, that little extra, you know, oh, we got to get it there quick. Watch. <sighs> Takes off out of the hand. I mean, that, that thing's growing wings on the way there. Avery Johnson goes 14-31. to 31. A lot of those incompletions did have to do with drops and then also just extending the play, throwing it out of bounds, taking the incompletion, living to fight another day. Which, honestly, I was so impressed by that. I, I know that saying, like, oh, well, he threw it out of bounds, or he took the incompletion, whatever, just throw it away. I know people aren't going to be thrilled with that. I actually was. I think a lot of times you see young guys go out there and just try to make every play sometimes. Sometimes you even see that at the pro level. Um, with Avery Johnson, he wasn't trying to do too much. And that is the thing that you've seen happen at K-State a little bit with Will Howard at times, where Will Howard just tries to make the home run play when the, the check down's there. Or, hey, live to fight another down. And you saw Will mature in that and get to that point, but... Avery steps in and looked good. I am so excited for the future of K-State football with Avery Johnson at the helm. He also added seven carries for 71 yards and one touchdown, as well as this. This is an incredible stat before we keep going down the list. Zero sacks. Avery was not touched behind the line of scrimmage. 
That is a great job by the offensive line. Shout out to Coach Garrett Riley. Shout out to Cooper Beebe. Shout out to all those guys that came back for their final season. Coop now enters the draft. I know a couple of those guys will enter the draft, but but Beebe's the one that's going to be looked at immediately in the first round. So excited to see what his career looks like here next. While Avery Johnson did take home the Pop-Tarts Bowl MVP award, because, you know, let's be honest, MVP awards are quarterback awards. It is what it is. DJ Giddens is my MVP. I mean, granted, it's Avery, so it's Avery's debut. I'm going with Avery, but, like, DJ was DJ in this game. This is the type of performance you needed from DJ Giddens. 28 carries, 151 yards, and a score on the ground, as well as through the air, one catch for 37 yards, and it was a score. A great pickup by Avery Johnson. we got to talk about that, too. The two touchdown passes that Avery threw in this game were both checks at the line of scrimmage as a true freshman saying, nah, I see the coverage right here, we're doing this. Both went for touchdowns. So you had the beautiful timing route to Jace Brown down the, down the sideline to his college roommate, which is pretty sick, as well as the quick little drop back out route, you know, kind of pop route with uh, DJ Giddens down the field. Love to see that, man. That maturity, the, you know, being confident in yourself to read the defense, be like, oh, they're doing this. This is what I'm doing. Like, I know it's a bowl game and it's not, you know, whatever. There's not much more on the line outside of this, but it's exciting to see Avery already have that maturity. You know, you watch for an entire year, and I do want to give credit to Will Howard for that as well, because that conversation that you have of, okay, they're going to do this, I know this, they're going to do this, this is where we're going. Him being able to do that, not just with Colin Klein, like having a first-year OC, excuse me, first-game OC in Garrett Riley, that's impressive to see what he was able to accomplish in this game. So huge shout-out to Avery, huge shout-out to DJ Giddens. That offensive line is incredible. Each one of those guys is going to be missed heavily. I mean, we've got good dudes behind them. There's a couple guys returning. I know Taylor Portier is returning. I forget who else off the top of my head. I know Carver Willis is back. You know, there's a couple guys that have played in rotation. They had seven guys coming in and out for the O-line this game, but it's exciting to see where it goes from here because these dudes all have the ability to continue to grow. Will anything change with the offensive coordinator spot? Likely, I assume not. I know that people might not be the happiest to hear that. I think that sometimes the internal hire things aren't the sexiest pick, but a lot of times they've worked. I know it's easy to say, no, you got to go someone else, you know, bring somebody else in. They can't all be offensive coordinator. I got to be honest because I heard a lot of the negativity in the game saying, well, this, this, and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't need an internal hire. I got to be honest, guys, that felt like the exact same game Colin Klein would have called. Like it was the same offense. It was the same scheme. It didn't really change anything. So I don't know. Maybe having Colin Klein on the sidelines more of a nostalgia factor for that, but it felt like a very similar game plan to that, which we would have done. However, I love the fact that Avery didn't run as much. I know that people don't like that. It's not going to be that way always. There are going to be more design calls for you know quarterback runs with Avery. When you have actual backup quarterbacks behind you that have been in the system are able to play. Like, you had Jacob Knuth, who hasn't really played ever. I mean, guy has been on practice squad and kind of got thrust into the backup role after, you know, multiple quarterbacks at the portal. And then Max Marsh behind him. It just wasn't a game where you're going to force Avery to get outside the pocket, run, take shots, do whatever. He's really apprehensive to run in this game, and that's the biggest part. It's like, hey, we can't give this guy unnecessary hits. we got to take care of him, make sure we make it to this game, and move on to the next one. Don't worry about it. Just We'll figure it out in the offseason, but do not get yourself hurt. Like, We cannot do this in this game because the dudes behind you don't have really any college football experience. I mean, they do to an extent, but it's just it's not a situation that we want to introduce after rehearsing with one guy as the starter and not having any, any experience with the backup. I know that happened to Texas A&M against Oklahoma State immediately. They're... Their starting quarterback went out on the first play of the game, was carted off. So I know it's possible, but it's good to see them not forcing Avery to be, you know, to be Colin Klein, to be honest with you, to be perfectly honest. You know, you don't want Avery having 17 carries a game. Like, I don't want to Tyler Shuck this. I don't want it to be a situation where he's our leading rusher. You know, it just, it's not the way to go sometimes. You're going to get guys banged up, and it's that Snyder 3.0 era, excuse me, 2.0 era. 
it's just not exactly where I want to go with that. So I was glad to see that. But guys, let's talk about Connor Riley. He's getting the job. Just prepare yourselves because he is getting the job. He's going to be Kansas State's next offensive coordinator. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I know that there's people out there that are like, well, that's not a sexy pick. He's an offensive line coach. Let's bring somebody else in. Can't be this guy. I think the best way to look at this, it's, it's pretty simple. If you trust Chris Kleiman, if you trust Avery Johnson, if you trust their judgment, if that's the way they decide to go, and they, Riley's the dude for the job. Coach Riles, whoever, whatever you want to say, he's built such a great offensive line. He's a great offensive line coach, but a lot of the work that goes into being offensive coordinator, and granted, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hiring for the Iowa offensive co- coordinator job or anything like that, so I don't, I don't have that much experience uh, talking about it, but... From the outside in, a lot of what needs to happen, it's about communicating the game plan to the players. It's about prep work. It's about working with your starting quarterback. It's not just a, what does the on-the-field product look like right now? You know, and I know that came back to bite Courtney Messingham and, and a couple other guys that just were not able to do it, but that, that felt like a Colin Klein game plan. That was a Colin Klein scheme minus about 15 quarterback runs. And that's fine by me. Like, I know that people aren't going to want that. You know, I've mentioned I wanted Willie Korn from Liberty. Still would love to have Willie Korn just because I think that dude's offense is ridiculous to watch in a cool way. I don't see it getting to a point where they have to go, you know, outside of the building for a higher year. Chris Kleiman's promoted both Joe Klanderman and Colin Klein, and both have become two of the top, you know, coordinators in Big 12 football. Now, obviously, Colin Klein's with Texas A&M. He's going to continue that path, but it's just cool to see how that goes. Like, like, I know that people aren't going to be happy with it all the time, but this dude deserves the shot. You know, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to take the opportunity away from him after all the great things he's already done. I personally don't have an issue with it, but there's also a lot of people that are smarter than me talking about the stats and the different things that he had to operate with. In this game, let's be serious, NC State's got a great defense. Yes, they were missing their ACC, all-ACC player of the year linebacker, but it was still a solid defense overall. Riley Gates, I believe he's with On3 now. He's K-State alum. Riley tweeted out, Connor Riley had a first-time starting true freshman quarterback, the top pass catcher opting out, a receiver room that clearly needs improvement, one of two key running backs gone, and had to face a top 25 scoring defense and number 26 total defense overall. His offense scored 28 points, eight more than NC State's average. He wasn't perfect, but some and some of the runs were too predictable, but people are painting it as he was awful because he's an offensive line coach and that isn't sexy. That's what it comes down to. It's the name, it's the job, it's the title. You know, people don't like like it because you're not bringing in a whole different game plan, changing things over. Like, Chris Kleiman's already said it. He already said it. Basically, what Kleiman said was, hey, man, we're not going to go external when we already know how much success we've had in the last two or three seasons. The offense isn't going to become a complete 180 thing, but it's going to be good to see him step into the light and get a little bit more experience. Now, could this be a situation where I'm completely wrong and they bring somebody else in? It could be. You know, maybe, maybe Coach Riley doesn't want the opportunity. I would doubt that personally, but... But I expect him to get the job. I do. So, I don't know. Say what you have to do. Do what you have to. I think he's a good man for the job. And it seems like the guys really want to be there. Like, you look at the offensive line. And that's not you know that's not the only people. But the offensive line came back to give him the best opportunity at this interview. You know, the, the on-the-field interview as offensive coordinator. All those guys came back and played their butts off because they're like, hey, we want to put this out there. We want to give him the shot that he gave us. Put that back in. That's what Kansas State's about. That's Kansas State football, baby. It's about helping the dude next to you. It's about giving the guys the opportunity when they deserve them. I'm okay with it, man. I'm excited to see how it goes, how he grows into things, because, you know, outside of the third quarter, I thought he called a pretty dang good game plan. Also, selfishly, the game plan to feed DJ Giddens is such a good plan. The dude averages six yards a carry. It doesn't matter where he's hit. When the offensive line is cooking, just feed DJ Giddens. I know we have Avery Johnson, but just feed feed DJ Giddens. Let that offense go to work. Let the dudes do the work in the trenches. 
That's a great game plan. DJ had 28 carries for a buck 50 in this game, two touchdowns. The dude's, you know, he's this good. This is what DJ Giddens is. He's an NFL guy. He's going to be playing on Sunday somewhere here soon. I believe that, you know, maybe he'll come back as a senior eventually. He's going to got junior year next year. We'll see how that happens. His stock's only going to continue to rise in my eyes, but it'll depend. It's just telling the guys want to play for Connor Riley. That's what it is. But, but let me give you another stat here from Cole Manbeck. Cole has been killing the stat game all season long, so follow him on Twitter, on social media, as well as check out the pod. K-State scored the second most points per drive this season against NC State's defense, which was 18th nationally at 1.6 point, excuse me, 1.63 points per drive. Notre Dame scored 3 points per drive, KSU 2.8, Virginia Tech 2.5, Duke 2.2, Marshall 2, 1.8 for Virginia, 1.7 UNC, so on and so forth. Miami all the way down to half a point per drive against NC State's defense. That's one of the best defenses in the country, and K-State, as a first-time offensive coordinator, first-time quarterback starting, you put up 28 points, you had opportunities for more too, like, I feel good about where we're at. And I know that people are going to be mad about like, well, it wasn't the most flashy, they didn't turn the rock over, dude. That is how you win football games. If you don't turn the football over, you win football games. Give your guys more opportunity than the other team has and you win football games. This was the first game the entire season that NC State didn't force a turnover. They're third nationally in the country. Sorry, nationally in the country is kind of a double negative, but whatever. They're third nationally in turnovers forced per game. Or they didn't give up a single one, excuse me. K-State held on to the rock. They took care of it. Your quarterback holds on to the football. He's throwing it away to save, you know, Save the down and fight for another day. I like that part, man. We're being careful with the football, which for Will Howard, like that was a tough, that was a tough thing to learn. You know, you have to learn about, hey, we don't have to hit the home run player. We'll get it back next time. That's something you're going to continue to see with Kansas State football. So I love what I saw out there. I think one more thing I wanted to discuss was actually about the the dudes that were contributing in this one. Sports in Kansas put out a great tweet that I want to mention here. The tweet reads this, and I'll tie it in here in a second, but just hear me out. Sports in Kansas put out a tweet last night that says, Love to see the Kansas high schools have an impact in tonight's KSU Bowl win over number 18 NC State. Players from these Kansas schools saw action in tonight's game. Mays, Piper, Junction City, Olathe North, Plainville, Marysville, Lakin, Topeka Hayden, Lewisburg, Blue Valley times two, so two players, two Manhattan players, two Mill Valley, two Free, Lawrence Free State, uh, Chanute, Collegiate, McPherson, Colby, Olathe West, Wichita East, Baser Linwood, El Dorado, St. James Academy, and Bishop Miege, all at Kansas high schools. Now, what's really cool about this is it just it shows Kansas' premier school for Kansas athletes. Guys coming out of high school, you're going to K-State. If you want to stay in Kansas, if you want to stay nearby home, that's the right choice for you. I know it won't always be that way, but in this case, guys, you're seeing people like Lincoln Cure trend to K-State. Andrew Babalola trend to K-State. Jaden Woods technically trend to K-State. I don't know if he'll stay in the state of Kansas, but technically he is. So I want to give you this. Looking through On3's recruiting rating for the class of 2025, you see multiple dudes from the state of Kansas, and you can use 247 as well, multiple dudes from the state of Kansas in the top 250. There's like five or six dudes in the top 250 out of the state of Kansas. That's pretty rare. You know, you'll get the occasional guys that are, you know, top 100 players, top 150 players, four-star guys, in K-State, it'll land them. You know, occasionally they go to Iowa, Nebraska. You know, there's been a couple of rare occurrences where it's just out of state completely. But more than likely, Kansas athletes haven't really been at the level of where they're at now. Is that true? I'm not sure. It might just be the recruiting services not doing complete due diligence in the state of Kansas. But seeing guys like Lincoln Cure get out there. Andrew Babalola is the 23rd ranked player in the entire country. Lincoln Cure, 33rd ranked. Desan Brain, he's in the 100, like 112th, I think. These are all dudes that are immediate NFL players once they get to that level, if they develop in the right way. You know, I know that a four-star rating, a five-star rating doesn't guarantee success, but 
you're starting to see the state of Kansas as a whole take steps, leaps and bounds, I should say, in terms of recruiting. Kansas State's recruiting class is going to continue to skyrocket thanks to these local, homegrown kids. You look at our roster, I mean, you had a Kansas quarterback, a Kansas running back, multiple dudes on the on the offensive line from Kansas, dudes on defense making plays, Des Purnell. Like, you look through and you see so many Kansas kids contributing. Cooper Beebe, first team consensus All-American, Kansas City kid. Goes to K-State, has a heck of a career, a Ring of Honor type career, and will get in the Ring of Honor, and I'm excited to see what happens there. But you're starting to see Kansas local talent develop into top talent in the Big 12 in different teams around the country. Like, when you're looking at that, all that tells me is that Kansas State's going to continue to improve because you look at this, like, you look at Chris Kleiman. Hey, I can develop into a first-round draft pick. Doesn't matter what my ranking is. You did that with Felix Adidike Uzama, a two-star kid out of the Kansas City area that was just going to go to Mizzou as a student. Wasn't going to play football. Kleiman slid him an offer late. The two-star kid comes to K-State and turns into the best pass rusher in the Big 12 as well as one of the best pass rushers in the country. Guy getting triple-teamed by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That's what's crazy to see. Kansas State will continue to do that, but they're going to start with guys with higher ceilings. You're going to get the Avery Johnsons, the Lincoln Cures, the Andrew Babalolas. We'll see what happens. I don't know if we'll land any of those guys, really, but it's exciting to see the time that we're entering as a college, as a program in the Big 12, and I know that technically the season just wrapped up, but boy, I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more football, and I cannot wait to talk even more next week on the Everything Imam podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure and share on socials if you like the episode and give us a follow over at Heartland College Sports. We appreciate you each and every day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Go Cats!